This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey everybody, thanks for coming to Civilized Barking. I'm Zach Jackson here to talk Browns and Browns training camp. It is Wednesday morning, the off day of the last week of public training camp. Again, this whole thing is just bizarre. It's out of routine. Um, you know, normally this would be the week where the Browns are getting ready for the third preseason game. So you're you're ramping down, you're refining things, um, you're getting your starters ready to play a half. Uh, instead, they're still in the installation stage. Uh, so today marks just short of two weeks since the football activities period started. They're at about a week and a half since they started in pads. They've only gone in pads five days. They had one of those days canceled by the bizarre false positives type of deal that went on last Sunday. Um, that went into Monday. Some guys didn't get until late. They still were able to have practice. Anyway, um, it's been strange. Um, and any way you slice it, the Browns are off to an awful start. Now, some of that is understandable. Some of that was going to happen. And none of it means anything in terms of this team eventually making big improvements, winning games. They're not going to win the Super Bowl this year, but this is about you know, getting back to respectability, implementing systems, eventually getting close to stability, and then a year from now, you know, really being able to compete. But between the awful passing game, just the slow strides in general of everything coming together and the injuries on the defensive side specifically, uh, there is no way to say that anybody could be happy with what you've seen or what the landscape is. So Grant Delpit is out for the year. Mac Wilson is out indefinitely. J.C. Treader is out, at least for this week. Uh, Greedy Williams is out. We don't know. But when he's not out at practice and the head coach says we will see in response to a question about evaluating um, his shoulder injury, we don't know. And Kevin Johnson, uh, who's the super utility man who you know kind of would be your third corner, could go outside and, uh, if he needed to, could even play safety in a pinch. He suffered a lacerated liver on a freak play, which looked like a normal play. Spent two days in the hospital. He's back with the team. That is positive. As for his football prognosis, you know, I'm clearly not a doctor. I don't know. Um, I'd have a hard time believing that in two weeks he'd be on the practice field uh, as Browns get ready for the Ravens. But again, I don't know that kind of all options are there. Um, yesterday they practiced without Delpit, obviously, who's now officially shut down. For the year, and without corner number two, corner number three, corner number four, and corner number five, they still struggled to really complete anything. So, um, you know, we're seeing a lot of jog throughs. We're seeing and hearing from Coach Stefanski and from the coordinators that this is the installation stage, that we're just hitting the mileposts, that eventually we'll get to the refining. And I trust that this iteration of this organization specifically, you know, has data driven reasons for going slow in some areas, and has an exact time schedule when they want to get to things. But I also trust my eyes because I've seen a lot of awful offenses on the training camp fields of Berea. And this one right now is really behind. So, again, not writing them off. Uh, and, and as I've said going back to really February, I am squarely in the middle on Baker this year. We've seen one good year. We've seen one bad year. We know this offense should fit him. We know they did a great job of you know, putting um, guys around him. And, and eventually, I think this offense can hit its stride. We know what Kirk Cousins, 
who probably doesn't have Baker Mayfield's talents. We know what he did last year numbers-wise in having the best year of his career and getting the Vikings to the second round of the playoffs. Uh, it can be done. But right now, um, at this stage of camp, he drops back to pass, and no one watching knows where it's going to go. And, um, you know, you watch Case Keenum come in, and he clearly doesn't have the ability. He, he, he has mastered this offense. And so just watching his body language compared to Baker's right now, you see that Baker's struggling. Again, that's fine. Um, the offensive line is young. It's new. Um, you know, Nick Chubb missed some time. Jarvis Landry's been out of practice more than he's been in. You know, really the only consistent thing has been Baker feeding Austin Hooper. And it's clear they've developed a rapport. Austin Hooper is super impressive physically, and he has caught everything. But going back to yesterday's practice, uh, he's open in the middle of the field, a seven-on-seven. Baker finally throws a great one, and he drops it. And, you know, it happens. It's a seven-on-seven drill. Just at that moment, that could have been a confidence builder, and it wasn't. And it's just everyone watching practice kind of had that look like, uh, so – they're off today. Um, new set of practices starts tomorrow, and and maybe it'll be better. And you know, obviously, there will be meetings and there will be coaching points and all of those things. Um, the Browns feel like between Stefanski, between Van Pelt, uh, between Case Keenum, um, you know, and then upgrading the line and having the two receivers and going and paying for Austin Hooper before anybody else would, more than anyone else would. You know, they've created the environment in which Baker can thrive. And again, there's no judgments on anybody um, on August 26th. That's for sure, uh, especially this year and especially in these circumstances. I mean, what we're seeing when I tell you the Browns camp has been awful is the byproduct of years and years of change because these circumstances affect all 32 teams in similar yet different ways. But when everything and everyone is new again, it's hard to get going. So, again, not worried about August 26th. Frankly, not all that worried about September 13th because that's a game that the Browns probably shouldn't win or wouldn't win at most points on their schedule. Uh, but I look to next May when the Browns have to make a decision on Baker Mayfield's fifth-year option. And let's just be honest, folks. Uh, if this train's going to get rolling in the right direction, that guy has to be your quarterback. He has to know You have to know who your quarterback is and know that you can trust him to do the things to get you to where you want to go. So, um, to me, that's the storyline. And, again, it feels a little ahead. Uh, it feels like something that could turn around, and I guess that's a positive. But I'm telling you, um, it has not – when I say it hasn't been good, like it's been really, really, really bad. And I would sum up that part by saying there's a difference between Odell can jump over three people and make catches, and Odell has to jump – Five feet in the air for every catch. So um, we'll watch that going forward. Let's go position by position here on what I've seen. Again, thank you for listening to Civilized Barking. Um, if you football junkies are still listening, then, then I think you're into just me kind of going through what I've seen here. We appreciate that. We hope you're reading everything on The Athletic every day you know, from Berea and uh, as we get going forward here. So, um, you know, not much to see with the quarterbacks. Basically, because we're, we're dealing with a limited reps situation here, you know, Garrett Gilbert gets a little burn. Uh, Davidson, the undrafted rookie, gets none in the team drills. It's Baker getting his reps and Case Keenum getting his, and it's, it's really two groups. Uh, and part of that is the Browns are down on numbers because of so many injuries. They don't have a full third offensive line. 
Um, you know, they've kept 11 receivers on this active roster because they've needed them because Jarvis hasn't been in because Damian Ratley hasn't been in. Kadero Hodges missed, I think, the last four practices for personal reasons. So um, they're dealing with that there. You know, running backs, Chubb is back, and that's that's a huge boost. He looks great. Kareem Hunt looks great. Um, the other guys, I don't know. I, I think Dearness Johnson's special teams ability in terms of just being fearless and being willing to blast people gives him a chance. You know, Dontrell Hilliard, to me, does, does nothing to stand out. And if he's not going to win a job in the return game, he's not guaranteed a job. You know, they, they brought in Andy Janovich to be the fullback. We do see that. We don't see a ton of it. And, again, um, yes, things are moving so quickly in camp. And uh, we're so far away, frankly, with these restrictions that even if I wanted to sit and chart every pass and every formation and do all of that, uh, it would be impossible to do it accurately. So I'm mostly just trying to observe personnel and, you know, trying to observe body language and, um, you know, consistency, you know, guys that stick out. Um, Frankly, it's more guys on the defense right now. And so, you know, should the defense be ahead at this point? Probably. Um, You know, you'd have to get truth serum from, from Stefanski and from Alex Van Pelt. Um, to really know, you know, what, what we think there. Again, the receiver group, Odell looks great. Um, you know, they occasionally give him a drill off, half a day off. He looks healthy. He says he's healthy. He's fine. You know, Jarvis has been productive, and, and then when he's in there, they've really limited him this week. You know, they say it's part of the plan. We're left to believe that. Um, I don't worry much about Jarvis Landry because that guy's a gamer. That guy's a warrior. He's kind of been the point guard of this team. Um, and, and they need him. So whatever they have to do right now, and again, still August, to have him in September and then, you know, in October, November, December especially, I don't worry about Jarvis Landry. At tight end, uh, Austin Hooper looks great. As I said, I, I continue to not know why David Njoku needs to be on this team or needs to be in this team's plans. Um, he's been out with a wrist injury. That's opened the door for Harrison Bryant, who looks great now. Um, let's be honest about the circumstances here. It's mostly non-contact, non-tackling practices, and Harrison Bryant is a skinny rookie. And so he runs routes and catches the ball with a lot of confidence. The Browns say good things about his work ethic and about his studying and wanting to catch on. Um, Still not sure you trust him in a game environment to block or even just try to block or to not get eaten up by, you know, guys who are seven years older than him and who've been playing in the league and who blasts people for a living, so we'll see. But I think big picture, you have to be really encouraged by Harrison Bryant. Um, you know, I thought Farrell Brown would play a lot more with the ones as the blocking tight end than he has. Again, maybe that will come. Maybe it has happened. I don't know. Um, but even Steven Carlson, the undrafted guy last year who caught the big touchdown in the Pittsburgh game, you know, he looks, he looks like he's put on muscle. He knows what he's doing out there. So if that has to be your fourth tight end, you know, he's probably headed for the practice squad. But, you know, I think that's a guy that belongs on the NFL football field. So I think, you know, the tight end room is in good shape. And I think as far as the future, they feel real, real excited about that. Now, obviously, part of that is keeping everybody healthy. That goes for Farrell Brown. Um, It certainly goes for Hooper and for Bryant, you know, when you get in more physical uh, situations. Um, You know, it was the risk that ended in Joku's season last year. And that's what they're saying it is here. So. Um, you know, that's a little bit worrisome, but again, you know, he's played, you know what he is, right. And, and he can play, um, the rub is you're just, the consistency's not there and you haven't seen that leap. And, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know what, what, what will happen there. 
uh, I would have traded him many months ago, and, and I still think now, at least with these defensive injuries, you might have to move him um, as part of a deal. But, again, if he's out there you know, playing 30 snaps in that first game, then, then the Browns are probably saying they need him to do that, that he's an upgrade over the other guys. So we'll see. Uh, on the offensive line, you know, we know the two rookies are in there. The Browns obviously want Treader back. Um, Jedrick Wills is always going to be the story. Uh, Alex Van Pelt acknowledged that he, he was struggling early, but that's what you want to see from him. Uh, just getting better every day, just getting more comfortable every day. You know, I probably watch him more in the individual stuff than in the full team because there's so much going on. Uh, and I see him attached to Bill Callahan. You know, I see the older lineman going over and, and coaching up Jedrick Wills. And so, um, you know, the Browns signed up to, to deal with some growing pains. They, they trust this kid in the long term. They trust him enough in the short term to know it's not going to be perfect, but to think he can do the job. So, again, you know, I, I want to see these next few practices. And I know, uh, you know, they talk about we're just hitting mileposts. We're just installing. You know, they, they want to see that confidence level grow um, with, with the O-line. And I'm certainly no O-line expert, but those guys got to play together. They have to get comfortable. Um, they have to be in physical, intense situations together for, for that timing, for that chemistry, for that teaching that you just can't replicate, you know, in, in a Zoom or, or even in a walkthrough practice. So they'll help to do that. Uh, it's 14 padded practices was the rule, and the Browns are at five. So, again, there's a lot of work to be done, and maybe they are right on schedule. So we'll see there. Hey, guys, the best part about talking football now, well, we'll be watching football before long. Uh, we all know that cable bills are outrageous. A lot of us have had to cut the cord or are looking for the right solution. How about Fubo TV? With the NFL season right around the corner, Fubo.tv will not disappoint. Stay updated on your favorite teams as well as get local broadcast news. You go to FuboTV.com athletic. That's F-U-B-O-T-V.com athletic. Go there today and get 15% off your first month. You won't regret it. FuboTV.com slash athletic. Start your first month today. When you call, when you go online and get set up, you can push for the family plan where three people can watch it once. You get 15% off your first month. You get 30 hours of DVR. You can watch local broadcasts. We're getting ready for football. So again, guys, we're all dealing with outrageous cable bills or what's the right solution. Football is right around the corner and FuboTV.com is where you should go to get the best hookup. Fantasy football draft season is upon us. And let's just be honest, after quarantine, it's very possible you might have Ezekiel Elliott's haircut in your pants. That's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure you don't gamble on shaving the same way you like to gamble on football. When it comes to men's hygiene, Manscaped is as good and safe as Christian McCaffrey in a points per reception league. And look, guys, this is private. This is awkward. Some of us are into third grade jokes for our whole lives. Well, Manscaped will help you out. It'll make you look better down there. It'll make you feel better down there. They have forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. That's right. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with a new and improved lawnmower, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining, as well as some other liquid formulations like the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant. The Crop Reviver is spray-on toner. And it's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts. For a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, as well as the patented 
high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. Get 20% off free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. Remember, 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code THEATHLETIC20. It's time to boost your hygiene with the absolute besties with Manscaped. Flipping to the other side, the defensive line looks great. Strength of the team, zero doubt about it. Uh, Miles didn't do anything the first week. He comes in, he looks like Miles Garrett. The notable thing there is that he's playing the left and Vernon's playing the right. That is a difference from last year. Uh, I think, you know, obviously as they go along in certain packages, they'll mix that up to exploit matchups or to give offenses a different look. But, um, you know, teams generally run right and, and throw right. So your left defensive end, I, I think they – they're just gambling that Miles can can be more of an impact player there. So, again, what we'll see, Larry Ogunjobi uh, missed about a week with a groin injury. Otherwise, he's looked great. Sean Richardson's looked great. And I think it's been important that, that the third-round rookie, Jordan Elliott, got some first-team, some valuable first-team reps. I mean, even yesterday when Larry came back, um, he, he really wasn't in there the whole time. And, and I think it's good for, for Jordan Elliott. I mean, he, he's a guy that was in college for four years. He's a guy that played at a high level at two different colleges. And when Andrew Billings opted out, you know, it became immediately clear that the Browns are going to need Elliott. Um, you, you don't have 11 defensive starters. You have 15 or 16 defensive starters. And certainly a, a defensive tackle, and certainly one that you draft in the third round where they drafted him, passing on linebackers, passing on edge guys. Um, he should be ready to play. And, and again, he, he looks good uh, for, for a kid that's just getting it. So, We'll see how the depth works out there. Porter Gustin is going to make this team. I'm not sure Chad Thomas is. Uh, you need four rushers. You need the the extra inside tackles, especially over the course of the year. So uh, we will see how it works out there. But I think if there's one group the Browns feel great about, uh, other than running back, it is defensive line. Linebacker, um, you know, B.J. Goodson has impressed me. The injury to Mac Wilson is obviously the big story and a big loss because he's the one guy that was going to be out there all the time. Uh, this probably pushes Goodson into a role of having to play on passing downs. He hasn't done that a ton in his career. Does that mean he hasn't excelled at that? He can't do it? I don't know. Uh, at least as of right now, this team needs him to do it. So, again, you know, guys, not only are we watching a team that's in the installation phase – uh, you know, kind of before they turn to week one. But defensively, you play the Ravens so much differently than you play everyone else. So how this thing looks to us for six to nine plays at a time on a Tuesday in, in last week of August does not necessarily correlate much to how it's going to look on a Sunday in October, right? Uh, but, you know, all indications are Goodson has taken on the role, you know, embrace the role, I guess, is the right word of being the leader, of being the guy that they count on. They brought on Malcolm Smith, a former Super Bowl MVP, as a guy to kind of help that. I would say Sione Takitaki looks good, and I think it's too early uh, to know whether the offense just looks bad or Sione Takitaki is taking a leap. Um, never, ever write off a guy after a bad rookie year because so much changes and they get hit with so much. And he did miss time last August. He got hurt in one of the practices in Indy. He was never the same. Um, he, you know, he played some defense at the end of the year, but not much, and not especially well, if I remember. So we'll see there. But um, your two linebackers right now are Taki Taki and B.J. Goodson. 
And here comes Jacob Phillips, the third-round rookie who's only 21, who you kind of wanted to maybe not redshirt but bring along more slowly. You lose Mac Wilson. That thought is probably out the window. So let's check where Jacob Phillips is uh, in a week, in two weeks, in two months, um, because I think he's going to be playing snaps sooner rather than later. Um, In the secondary, it's been ravaged by injury. And, again, let's just start there. You know, Delpit, they say he could play free, he could play strong, he could play anywhere. They they signed the two veterans in Sandejo and Joseph to kind of be the starters, one-year deals. You know, I think Sandejo to – help teach the defense, get guys lined up, uh, you know, Joseph to be kind of the in-the-box guy, let him, run, let him get confident and make plays. I think, you know, Dulpit was the thought that he could step in for either one of those guys or as they get everything installed and get comfortable, they could play and interchange guys in other places. So you lose him, you think he's a blue-chip talent. Uh, what was he going to be as a rookie? You know, was he going to play 100% or 80% or 60%? I don't know. When you watched him run around, he was an impressive-looking dude. Uh, was he going to play at least 40%, 60% of the snaps? Sure. So that's a big loss. But in the here and now, uh, in getting ready for the first month of the season, the injuries at corner are much more pressing because, as, as we've gone over, if you lose Greedy Williams, then you either need a slot corner or Mitchell has to start. Well, you know, Mitchell's been out two practices. He's been out on the field. That's usually a good sign. We'll see. Is he a starting quality player? Uh, probably borderline. I mean, he's an important player, but you just start losing depth. You know, Kevin Johnson was off to a great start in camp before he got hurt. He's a former first-round pick um, who just couldn't stay healthy in Houston. He went to Buffalo for one year. He played about half the snaps on a really good defense. He played well. And, and again, like, you want that guy on the ready. Do you, Can you count on him after a lacerated liver to be ready in a few weeks? I don't know. Can you count on him? over 16 games, if he has to play 90% of the snaps, you know, I don't know. Um, You you do trust his ability, um, his willingness to learn. You know, some guys would miss this practice time and fall way behind. I don't think he's one of them. I think it's just a matter of getting healthy physically, getting up to speed, and then, you know, getting him out there. So the good news in the secondary is Denzel Ward looks great. He, he really looks confident. He looks fluid. Uh, he looks like a number one corner that's got a lot of money at stake, and you just need him to stay healthy too. So I don't know what happens there. Um, for this morning, I'm writing about what's next, you know, as far as adding a guy for the Delpit injury, for the possibility that Greedy Williams misses X number of weeks or, or possibly even longer. Again, we don't know. Um, it's safety, I'd say this. I don't know that it's a slam dunk, especially with any sense of urgency that you add one, because your veteran safeties were Sandejo and Joseph. You know, you, you signed them to one-year deals. Joseph's making a little bit of real money, even though it's a one-year deal. Um, you trust them to an extent. So could you get an Earl Thomas and take that risk and get him in here and, and, and ready in that short amount of time? You know, is it worth all that? You know, I don't know. Could you get Logan Ryan, who – was a corner but now wants to be a safety and, and played all over the place in Tennessee's defense last year. Could you get him up to speed for, for the first month of the season? Um, I don't know. I think that that probably is more likely than Thomas. But then the other option is Tony Jefferson, who's um, going on 11 months off a torn ACL. You know, what's his health? What's his status? And what does he really give you that the other two guys don't? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there was a time when Tony Jefferson was was an elite safety in this league, and the Ravens paid him accordingly. Tony Jefferson actually in 2017 turned down 
more money from both the Browns and the Jets to go to the Ravens. Um, and, and he started there for two and a half seasons until he tore his ACL and Chuck Clark, you know, played really well in his stead. And that, that's the league, right? So um, we'll see what happens there. You know, like I said, a corner where you always need five guys and two through five are hurt right away. And, and two of them specifically you don't know about. Um, yeah, that that's worrisome. Give you one name to look up. He's a first-year player. He was a Division II college player. Donovan Alumba. Um, I think they list him at 6'1 or 6'2. He's certainly a tall athletic corner. He's been competitive as hell and shown up in practices even when he's gotten beat. He's a guy that you see fighting for balls in the air. Um, coach, letting himself be coached up by the older players. Competing like crazy when he's on the OBJs and the Landrys of the world. So do you want him starting for you or playing third corner snaps? No. Um, are you pleased with him? And again, like, you know, training camp is about roster turnover and it's about nicks and bruises and it's about opportunities. And you still need these reps, you know, not only because your starters are learning new schemes, but because you have to see guys. And frankly, the, the past game has been so bad. Did the Brown, I don't envy the Browns on some of these tough evaluations for the for the corners, the defensive backs, and the receivers further down. Their opportunities have been limited. Um, you know, the preseason is where you love to see them against unfamiliar competition. And without that luxury, some difficult, difficult decisions lie ahead. You know, nothing really on the special teams to go into. I think it's clear they like JoJo Natson. I'm not sure I trust JoJo Natson, but he is an upgrade in the return game. Um, my grandmother might be an upgrade in the return game, but um, Natson has some shake to him. He's a little guy, but he has some shake to him. And, again, if he if he gives you one 30-yard punt return and flips the field for you, that's more than he got last year. Um, so so we'll see. that You know, they paid him to do that. He's but he's taken a lot of snaps at receiver, which I think more is just a product of not having um, the other guys than thinking he's going to play a lot of receiver. But, you know, what do I know? Kaderil Hodge played a lot of receiver last year um, for this team. So we'll see. It's a long way to December. Uh, I just know this. Like, I don't care if the Browns lose by 60 in Baltimore in week one. Like, that was, you know, no one outside that building was ever chalking that up as an L. I did just with the injuries and with the uncertainty, like, you, that second game is a must win at home. You, you have to beat the Bengals. And, you know, Three weeks from the game, you're still in the installation stage. You're still jogging through in practice. You're still not sure what's going on with the passing game. Your secondary is ripped up, and the Bengals have A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd and John Ross. <laughs> like, I, I have worries there. So, um, again, you know, training camp is training camp, and injuries happen and uncertainties happen. And we've seen both good and bad. You know, guys who stand out in training camp don't get it done when it comes out. I just – I, my worry is that these circumstances are just putting the Browns further behind than anyone really wanted to comfortably talk about. And we'll see what the learning curve is. So I think you could still be fine evaluating this team in the second half of the season. I think most of the guys that we think can be core guys can still be core guys. And there is certainly enough firepower here. And there's certainly good enough in the run game. I'll, I'll just get out of here on this thought. I know some of you guys with your advanced stats and your fancy spreadsheets, you know, always want to poo-poo this. But the bottom line is if you can run the ball well and keep your defense off the field, right, and win the time of possession and get running backs, and the Browns have two freaking stud running backs 
to a certain number of touches, to a certain number of yards. There's, I know it's not one number that says you're going to win. It's the scoreboard number that counts. But when you do that, all of a sudden your quarterback's more comfortable. All of a sudden your defense is rested. All of a sudden the pressure's on the opposing quarterback. And so if the Browns have to run the ball 60 times in week one and in week two and in week three, that's fine. They still can be two and one. They still should be two and one. And that'll be the end of September. Right now it's the end of August. It's hard to watch. We'll see. A long way to go. Thank you for listening to Civilized Birth.